Blog Talk Radio. Once again, to Elevated Places. What a year this has been. We thank Allah for his grace and mercy upon us. We thank him for giving us the strength and endurance to get through the hard trials that are necessary to establish truth. And all of us, uh, if we are believers, if we are people striving to be righteous, We are all undergoing uh, trials, deprivation, loss of life and property in some way, shape, or form uh, in a test that's been custom designed for us. Uh, But we are here, and we come on yet another very important time. Uh, in our past, present, and laying the base for our future. And I am speaking of the Million Man March 25 years ago tomorrow, October the 16th, 1995. Uh, The largest gathering of people in the nation's capital in U.S. history Um, the first gathering of black men ever and gathering in the capital seat of the nation, uh, which kidnapped us and brought our parents here as hostages in 1555. And so tonight, um, 
We are blessed to be here together. And tomorrow uh, we observe our holy day of atonement, which we'll talk about uh, throughout the course of the program, uh, what that will entail. And again, uh, we're happy to be here. I am Sister Ava Muhammad. Um, I am the host of Elevated Places, and we are brought to you by Elevated Places Network on ministerava.com. And hope you will visit uh, me there. Um, I was blessed to deliver part three of my three-part series, The Law of God, this past Sunday. And so you can see all of those on ministerava.com. And we'll talk a little bit more about the website later on as well. I am so happy as always that uh, our beloved sister, our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, who is also project manager for Project Separation, and, um, of course, none other than my co-host, the one and only Brother Terrence Muhammad. And uh, we will be joined uh, tonight also by Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, um, I'm, I'm unfortunately, Sister uh, Mariam K. Muhammad will not be able to join us uh, with the health report, but Allah willing, she will return next week. Um, and I'm not sure whether or not Brother Ruben Muhammad will be with us, but we will be here with all of you. And tonight we're going to uh, reflect and get your reflections, those of you um, who, were, who were alive at that time. We do have some young viewers, uh, listeners rather. Uh, I think about our 12-year-old brother, uh, Brother Kareem, uh, Muhammad, who was nowhere near <laughs> being thought about uh, in 1995, and yet he is such a manifestation of the spirit of the Million Man March. And so we we run the whole spectrum here on this program. Um, we have both genders, all ages, all walk of life. And so we're going to have a good time tonight uh, talking about the Million Man March. So we're going to start out, uh, Brother Terrence Muhammad, I'm going to turn the mic over to you to open us up. And uh, everybody fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a great ride tonight. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. And you are definitely right, Dr. Ava. It is definitely going to be a wonderful ride, definite ride. Um, And you did a marvelous job, as usual, on part three, the law of God. It was wonderful, well attended. We was promoting it left and right to make sure that everybody tuned in. And you can go back to NOI.org and check it out. You do not want to miss it. Take more notes on that. I just always want to lift up the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and please go back and watch the criterion, the criterion. You are watching what is unfolding from the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, July 4th of this year. Go back and watch the criterion. And this Sunday, go to NOI.org, NOI.org at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern to hear from our brother, the student 
uh, National Assistant to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Student Minister Ishmael, delivering the lecture as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Million Man March, which the actual date is tomorrow, October the 16th. And we know it was one, if not the uh, it was a glimpse of heaven. Let me just say that. It was the glimpse of heaven. And if you know, want to know what the glimpse of heaven looked like, get the latest edition of the Final Call newspaper, and you can see what a glimpse of heaven looked like when nearly 2 million men showed up on a mall in Washington, D.C., and at nearly 10 a.m., 1 million men had already shown up. So please get your glimpse of heaven of the 25th anniversary of the Million Man March we will be celebrating tomorrow. And we thank all of those that was involved, and we give much respect and honor to those that are still living and that have passed on, like our brother Marion Barry, that helped make the Million Man March a success. And, you know, Dr. Avid, there's a lot going on because a lot of our cities and states have started their their voting, their early voting. My state started today. The lines are long. Then we have Ice Cube in the news uh, about, you know, uh, how Trump is using, saying he's on a campaign. You know, it's a lot of stuff that's going on with Ice Cube right now that we want to kind of push through. But everybody is so focused and so focused on what's going to happen uh, November 3rd in the news, but we got to remember that there still needs to be justice for Breonna Taylor. There still needs to be justice for all of us in America, and there's still things that are going on that's all in the news that it's hard for me to actually even talk about what's going on on the news, Dr. Ava, because I'm still high off knowing that tomorrow we celebrate 25 years of when God used the best instrument, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, to call a million men. And I will just wrap up so we can get right into this discussion, Dr. Ava, that I will say it is very critical and it's very necessary that we write our own history, tell our own story so we can know how the Million Man March happened and how our history happened because last night on one of the programs with Mark Thompson, Dr. Ben Chavis, uh, Milana Karinga, Brother Ishmael, and others, talked about some of the things that built up to make the Million Man March a success and know that there was no Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. There was on-the-ground work building, but the minister, as the gang summits and the peace treaties with the gangs were being done, the Stop the Killing rallies from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to the Men's Only Rally with thousands upon thousands, I mean 10,000, 15,000, 30,000, Men were coming to hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan leaving their cars, leaving their weapons just to come in to hear the words of the minister that when those men showed up on the mall, there was only peace and love because the groundwork of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and others that helped to assist him was permeating through the men. So they came in love and left in love, and that's how we produced this glimpse of heaven that we want to make sure always, always is remembered and goes down through the history of time. And we thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for being the vessel that God used to bring that beautiful glimpse of heaven on October the 16th, 1995. Back to you, Dr. Ava. Yes, sir. All praises due to Allah. And I do see 
Uh, we're going to go to him uh, in a yep, moment. Ma'am. I'm so glad our international correspondent is with us tonight, Brother Reuben Muhammad out of Melbourne, Australia. Um, before you go to Sunday, uh, brothers and sisters, remember tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, yes, ma'am. October the 16th, of course, uh, we will observe um, the Holy Day. It is a day of religious observance the Holy Day of Atonement, and again, we'll get into that a little later, and we'll review the uh, four essential principles that were laid down. Um, one of those principles include is, is it consists of the eight steps of atonement. And, of course, to, uh, nothing could be more in harmony with uh, the Holy Day of Atonement than the course of study, the revelatory course of study, Self-Improvement, the Basis for Community Development. And tomorrow night, uh, we will uh, focus in on those eight principles, uh, those eight steps of atonement, which are so critical to this uh, scientific and spiritual, spiritual methodology of helping us to evolve from the lower level of self to the higher self so that we can become the gods that we were born to be. So tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. local time, go to NOI.org for the opening words. And then um, if you have registered um, to take part in the uh, virtual study group that we host here in Chicago, then you will be able to take part in that. Um, We send out via email every week. Uh, on the National Center, uh, the link where you can register to be part of the Zoom conference, and we break up into approximately 20 uh, circles of 8 to 10 people. And now that has exceeded uh, our original numbers uh, to the point, so we've expanded from a capacity of 300 to 500 and uh, people, and it still fills up pretty rapidly. So just remember, check your email and uh, register to take part in tomorrow night's study group, which will zero in on the eight steps of atonement. And, of course, it couldn't come at a better time than we are, when we are in rising above emotion into the thinking of Allah God because it was the emotional reaction to the... Uh, Revelation of the domestic life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that caused the nation, uh, I shouldn't say it caused it, it was at the root of the fall of the nation of Islam in 1975. So we, uh, we have a lot to reflect on this evening, and it is uh, wonderful to have our brother, Dr. Rubin, here at the top of the program. Brother Reuben Muhammad, assalamu alaikum. And it's already October the 16th, the Holy Day of Atonement for Brother Reuben. Yes, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, ma'am. Wa alaikum salam, family. How are you all today? Oh, wonderful. Good to hear your voice. And all praises due to Allah. Happy Holy Day of Atonement. It is the 16th of October here in Melbourne, Australia already. We are almost midday. And it is a beautiful day and time for reflection, as you, you've all mentioned. Uh, 25 years ago, 
Uh, and for those who were not able to, you know, wait, be there or don't know anything about it, because to this day, believe it or not, uh, travel around the world and many people don't, don't understand what took place that day. Uh, watch tonight, and I'm sure you'll give the uh, WVON television and as well uh, NOI.org. Uh, and, of course, you can go to YouTube, uh, the, the, the entirety of what took place that day on the mall and, and, and some other interviews leading up to that day are available freely on YouTube because we really need to study that miracle that Allah caused to take place with the black people of North America that resonated right around the entire world. And, of course, it led to the uh, World Friendship Tour 1, 2, and 3 as well. So I'm sure there's so much we can get into, but I don't want to take up too much time. I'm uh, very happy, excited to be here with you once again. I missed you all last week. And again, my, my sincere apologies. We have been so inundated globally with uh, the need to help uh, many of our people wherever they may be, and that means we're working around the clock, time differences, other things going on, but uh, we're trying to follow every one of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's instructions to get uh, interfering to not just the uh, people in America, but to every one of those who need it around the world. So we have been very very busy and uh, working non-stop around the clock. And as we are waging war against COVID-19 on one side, we have to be aware that uh, on the other side of it, we, there's others waging war to uh, make this uh, crisis, make this disaster, and make this pandemic even more deadly by introducing this whole uh, vaccination culture uh, throughout the world. And lo and behold, you know, we just yeah. got news the other day. I mean, so much has happened. In this rush to present vaccines, we know here in Australia they had to pause their human trials because people were getting sick. Johnson & Johnson have themselves actually had to stop their vaccine trials because of, you know, illnesses among the people. And, and many people are going to die and get infected with other things and there'll be other uh, side effects from many of these poisons they're putting in people. And many people are volunteering to, 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 to become part of these vaccines. Yeah. We have to be careful and we have to know that this is nothing more, especially in America, because I know it's hard for people, especially if they haven't traveled outside of America, to understand how they do the vaccine trials in Africa and poorer nations, uh, India, Brazil, etc. Uh, these drug companies are multinational corporations and they use us as human guinea pigs uh, wherever we are. But um, one of the things we have to be uh, keenly aware of is we do have, and, and, and you know, Cuba, China, and other nations that have been able to get a hold, and, and um, I don't want to say defeat because that's not really the right language, but they've been able to keep this COVID-19 uh, pandemic under control in their country. Real good examples. Here in Australia, we were very fortunate being an island nation that we can close off the entire country and continent, but within each of our states. Uh, especially here in Melbourne, uh, in Victoria, the state of Victoria where I am, um, we are still completely isolated from the rest of the country. Uh, the military have, are moving again in greater numbers. The state has asked for more military aid to contain that, what they call the, the, the ring of steel around uh, anybody trying to leave the state. So the good thing with that is as draconian as these measures are that we've been living under since about February, late February, early March. So we've been under, you know, all kinds of lockdown and curfew here 
and restrictions for many, many months. Uh, what has come out of that now is that we have finally, the state has finally got the infection rate down to double digits. So we are getting 10 to 20 infections per day, which is very close to, you know, um, you know gone. But the rules are they're going to try and get that down to five new infections. And these are infections, community infections, not coming from overseas or interstate or somewhere else. And the death toll down to zero is what they're aiming for. So far, we haven't, we've had a few days where the death toll is down to zero. But, um, you know, they're working on that. And hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be able to report that they have this second wave under some manageable control. Unfortunately for the rest of the world that opened up quite early, we can look at Europe and other nations. And please, you know, go to Google and get updates every day on it. Worldwide, you know, uh, especially the European nations, the infection rates are even higher yesterday, the day before that, this whole week, than they were during the peak of the first wave uh, of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So we can expect more death, more destruction, yeah, especially among the European nations. Brazil is now number two, and, uh, you know, India is number three in deaths, uh, and other nations, Mexico, and, you know, the European nations after that, UK, Italy, and so on, Spain, France, they're leading, coming right behind that. So let's stay abreast of, you know, what's going on, because this, uh, this is a very serious setback, especially among the European nations, because it's from there that the strain, the particular strain that infected New York and some of the other states that was quite a um, aggressive strain of COVID-19. That's where it came from. And, of course, we're up to, you know, about 40 different strains now. So for those who don't understand this whole argument about vaccines, uh, it would be impossible to make a vaccine for a, a, a virus that mutates so much as this COVID-19. Uh, you'd have to make at least 40 different strains, and by the time you make that, there's probably another, we don't know how many, 10, 20, 30 more different uh, uh, mutations of this uh, virus. So we have to look at other alternatives uh, that are working, have worked, and one of those is interferon. So we hope to report back to uh, the community, the public, uh, through your immunity website and uh, continue to update you on how our clinical trials are progressing because they are moving, and that's information that we will share with the world, our successes, our testimonies from people who have, uh, you know, been helped by the uh, interferon that is available uh, in America right now. And, of course, we're trying to, like I said, get it to the rest of the world as well. I want to also let uh, just give a quick plug to uh, the Final Call Radio. Let everybody know Final Call Radio is available 24-7 because while the enemy has taken down the um, uh, or uh, attempted to take down all our communication, all of the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan through YouTube and other mediums. Uh, we have a, a radio station that is available to continue to give you that spiritual healing and spiritual life that we need. Uh, what, I want to say one other thing here to, to, that we all have to pay attention to. Family, everything that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said to us in the criterion, July the 4th, we need to go back and study because many of these things are going to pass and the consequences of those, we cannot say that we did not know. He told us what is happening, what will happen, and the consequences of the actions of, uh, or non-action of us becoming prepared to survive and go the entire journey with this COVID-19 because it is here to stay. And how we act and carry on in the decisions we make today 
and moving forward for our family and other uh, others is what will determine whether or not we are here to survive this COVID-19 pandemic. Because uh, right now we cannot rely on government or those who are, you know, so-called elected officials or medical officials. Because as we see, they're not coping at all with this well, with this, none of the uh, so-called first world nations, be it America, be it Russia, they're not coping well at all. So we have to come back to our own scientists, our own uh, proven methods of treatment from uh, our doctors, wherever they may be around the world, especially like I mentioned, Cuba, the Chinese and others, and many doctors in Africa who have come up with other methods as well to treat uh, this COVID-19 pandemic. And family, I want to keep us abreast again. Time is running and I don't want to be take any more time, but I want to let us know. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad did tell us that uh, according to the Holy Quran, he said that before the end of this rule of the white man on earth, he would allow them to take a peek into the heavens, into space. And that journey started in the 1960s with them putting satellites in space and then, of course, a moon landing and then sending probes and others to the other uh, planets. Much scientific data has come back on what is going on on many of these planets. And once again, we see China leading the race uh, to get to Mars. They successfully did launch uh, their Mars probe, and um, it's the second of three uh, spacecraft that China sent uh, up into space. This one is headed to the what they call the red planet, Mars, and they will be landing. It's a journey that takes about nine months. Their probe will be landing sometime around Saviour's Day 2021. So we're keenly uh, watching to see if the Chinese do like they did with the moon, moon uh, mission where they were able to send back pictures and data that had been hidden by NASA and other European space agencies on what is really going on with our moon, what it looks like. And again, bearing witness to the truth that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us about the moon, we're going to hopefully see the same thing with the Chinese because they are quite open about their missions. And, of course, they want to survive the end and the doom of what they say, again, is, uh, is the end of this world. They are trying their best to survive as well. So the Chinese did launch successfully, and uh, we will continue to follow that in other broadcasts. While, as well, the Europeans are now saying they're doing very deep scientific studies, and uh, this is through the European Space Agencies. This is the time they're now saying that they must, they're calling for scientific studies on what they call unidentified aerial phenomena. And we know those as UFOs or the baby planes and mother plane as described to us by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So they're keenly now trying to tell their countries and their people something is going on above their heads in Europe and around the world. And we will present a scientific study of what they've known all of these years that was brought to us first, before anyone else started talking about these in the 1930s by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So happy Holy Day of Atonement to everyone, and now stay on the lines for any questions. As-salamu alaykum, family. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you. Thank you for a comprehensive report to us, Brother Reuben. And uh, again, we want to stress to everyone this fabulous edition of the Final Call newspaper, um, it, it it brought back so many memories for me uh, personally, and I know that if I had not had the uh, pleasure 
of being in the nation uh, at that time, then I would want to have access to this edition of the Final Call newspaper, the October 5th right. edition. And, oh, my God, that cover photo. Come on, come um, on now. That, you know, that oh, same yeah. panel discussion that's being held, uh, that was held tonight, and uh, there's a three-part series um, on the Million Man March uh, hosted by Brother Mark Thompson and includes an array of panelists who were involved in the organizing um, of the march. And, you know, Brother Dr. Ron Daniels said tonight that, and he had attended the 63 march on Washington as a very young man. And he stood and looked out from the same position in 1963 out on the mall that he looked out in 1995. And in 1963, there were, I think it was approximately 200,000 people, which is a huge, that's an enormous uh, number of people. Uh, The difference was that the 63 March, um, people were, were sitting on the grass and, you know, people brought food and, and this sort of thing. Um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, as a uh, young Muslim, was in the home of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad on that day and watched the March on Washington with his teacher. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told his young minister that one day he wanted to have a march, but he wanted it to be serious. He said there's too much joviality, too much politics going on. And lo and behold, in 1995, uh, he made the expressed desire of his teacher come uh, to pass. And Ron Daniels said that you, you have to call the Million Man March, it's what the Christians call a miracle. You have to acknowledge God's presence because just from a practical and financial and logistical point of view, to put on something of that magnitude, and there was no precedent for it, uh, to put on something of that magnitude in in seven or eight months, (laughs) You know, because though right. the groundwork was, was being laid um, in 1994, the official announcement um, of the Million Man March was actually made by uh, our uh, nation's uh, general counsel, Brother Abdul Arif Muhammad, who at that time was the uh, regional minister of the nation That's of right. Islam in the middle mid-Atlantic region. And so it was... It was Savior's Day, 1995, uh, when the official announcement, February 1995, was made that we would be uh, gathering or that the that black men uh, would be gathering in the mall on October the 16th of that year. And, of course, originally the, the minister was looking for October the 7th, and the closest date we could get to it was the 16th, and it was on a Monday, a Monday. 
That's right. And the minister said, we're, that's, we're, we're, we're going to roll with it because I don't think there was anything else after that. And he was determined to stay within the month of October, okay? And the, the, the fact that when you look at that photo of this ocean of descendants of slaves in America, a, a country where we were not even permitted to have two or three of us converse, and to have us there, to have the black man there to atone um, was, was just uh, un- unbelievable. So uh, tonight we, we want to, yes, we want to get your, your reflections, meaning the, the listeners. And I'm also going to lift some things from Minister Farrakhan's um, article for the current paper. And I think, Brother Terrence, if you don't look at the paper carefully, Right. Um, you may think that the article is from the past. Come on. Uh, because, you know, the photo of him at the march and the lettering and reflections, because right after that uh, is Long Live the Spirit and Purpose of the Million Man March, an incredible right. uh, article by Brother Michael Z. Muhammad. But th- this reflections on the Million Man March is on page four. The minister wrote mm-hmm. that for for now. He just did this article for this issue. It is it is completely contemporary. Okay, he is he is reflecting back on twenty five years ago today. So please Listen. make sure Listen. that in addition to everything else, oh my God, that listen, read this read this paper over coffee, read it before you when you get ready to go to sleep at night. Read it with <laughs> at the dining table, read it everywhere because it it is. I, I got to give a shout out to Brother Nava, Sister Starla, and all of the uh, Final Call staff. This is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and Dr. But, Ava, I know you. Yes, go ahead. Sir. No, go ahead. No, finish. go right ahead. No, no, no I was, was going to just... say we're we're going to go to Sister Pamela after you make your comment, yes, and then we'll open up the lines. Yes, sir. Yeah, it it was just, it's just hard because you, when you laying out what you laid out, that final call <laughs> it had it's so rich. I mean, like I'm glad you brought it that. Is, it's it so is. rich to have not only the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan 25 years ago and some of the things that he was saying, but have a current reflection on 25 years. Yeah. I mean, if there's right. no words, they see the women that was involved in the Million Man March. <laughs> see, just just that history. Because when you said it and when you talked about it, it just it just sent chills over me to remember me arriving at two in the morning and, and and going and getting ready and then at six a.m. I remember the sun coming up and seeing like where in the world did all these brothers come? I'm like, where did they? <laughs> like, how did they show up? Where did they come from? And all these brothers, and then literally being able to go on the stage and while I was on the stage around that time, ten, nine o'clock in the morning, I can look out over the men and see like when you see fumes when you're pumping the gas and you can see the gas fumes, well with the energy floating and hovering over the brothers. I literally remember seeing that as far as my eye could see. And so to see not only the words of the minister in this paper twenty five years ago and the I, I can't wait to parse the words of the minister as his reflection of him looking back to what God allowed him to do or be the voice of to call this march. So I, I'm just glad you brought it. I, I just kind of got more excited, so I'm going to be quiet, try to be quiet for the rest. 
But this, <laughs> is, this is monumental. <laughs> this is this is, this is exciting, and it, and it's a mercy to us that it is the 25th year because 25 is a you know major. Uh, year, whether it's a marriage, you know, it, it's a quarter of a century. It's a generation, and you know, 25 years uh, uh, is 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 big. It's it's a long time to uh, be committed to anything. Okay, um, and and with the little few years we tend to live on this earth, uh, as, as we start to start to move back toward uh, following the dietary regimen. That was given by Master Father Muhammad that would that will keep us here longer, but in the interim, this this is a big piece of of a life, you know, 25 years, and for all of the opposition that has come against the minister and those of us with him, the Nation of Islam and his supporters, and anyone who even showed him one iota of favor, we have suffered greatly uh, from the synagogue of. Okay, and and it continues. Uh, there is a front page story which I'm going to speak from too um, on U, the USA Today. They have a huge photo uh, of some of the brothers at the march, and the headline is "25 Years Later: The Legacy of the First Million Man March." And shockingly, it, it's overall. Very well done because it's the reflection of uh, several brothers from different walks of life and different demographics who attended the march, and all of them say that it it affected the trajectory of their lives. And one of them said something that I found so powerful. He said, "We didn't gather there to change America." We were there to change ourselves. That's right. Now, I thought that was incredibly uh, powerful. So, of course, tonight uh, we're all going to weigh in, but we have uh, one of our awesome contributors to Elevated Places, uh, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, is joining us for this wonderful evening. Uh, Sister Pamela, assalamu alaikum, beloved. Walaikum salam, Sister Dr. Ava, Brother Terrence, and Brother Reuben. Um, All praise is due to Allah, Sister Ava, for that introduction. And I just want to say I am so humble to be a part of your show and to actually have some words because when I look back at the 25-year, you know, anniversary of the Million Man March, I was not in the Nation of Islam at that time. I was someone who was on the sidelines. So the first thing I have to say is that just to be so grateful to Allah and so just awe-inspired that I'm actually in the ranks of this nation. And I see people that in these older pictures, it's like, I know this person. I really know this person. I didn't know any of these people then, but... You know, so I, I just thank a lot for that. That is, is just so humbling uh, to me. And, you know, for me, the march, I think, looking back, I think it was our first opportunity to have, you know, for us on the sidelines, our own religious holiday. And it really represented a, like, a change in ideology for us because as I look at the final call, 
And this article is called Toward a Perfect Union, and, you know, I believe, because I, I, I use the digital, so I believe these are the words of the minister, the Honorable Minister yeah. Louis Farrakhan. Uh, but, you know, one quick thing he says is about how the day of Yes, ma'am. That's that's what I thought. So it's like the Day of Atonement is established by God to help us achieve a closer tie with the source of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, yeah. and power. And so, you know, for us on the sidelines, you know, we were like these hip-hop people. You know, we were really uh, starting to become active. But for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to bring us right back to God, it was like, well, you know, that was just different because many of us didn't know. And then also in that article, he talks about how um, we can't just have a good time today and say we made history in Washington. We got a resolve today that we're going back home to do something about what's going on in our lives and our families and in our communities. And that was a different um, direction for us because we had always been you know, as politics, you know, no justice, no peace. You know, we're going to make demands yeah. to um, white America to change our condition and to give us, you know, but the minister, he totally turned that around uh, for me that day because he introduced the concept of what can we do for ourselves. So, you know, just to see a man, you know, who was outside of Satan's world, um, you know, stand up and call and summon uh, black men, that that was just really amazing. And then how it motivated, the, the call motivated them to actually just start falling in line because many of my family, my relatives, my friends, they just all of a sudden were like, we're going to Washington. And we were on the sidelines like, oh, my gosh, where are y'all going? <laughs> you know, and what's going on? But then we became proud and and very curious as to what in in the world was going on, but in our hearts we were like, but God is with y'all, we're going to be here. You know, we just really felt like sitting on in my mother's television watching this, like this is just beautiful, uh, seeing that sea of black men. And then, um, you know, like the minister talked about the dry bones, and I just thought um, that was interesting because from that we start seeing self-governance and the LOC spirits where – you know, going back and actually solving our problems in our community, accountability, rules, and standards, which I think with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan with the criterion, you know, that's just like the quintessence, the epitome of what rules and standards look like. You know, but it kind of started from me for me then, Sister Ava. And, um, you know, so those are just some of the things that, that I saw, uh, like I say, not looking outward, you know, but actually rules for us, you know, because we kind of had that mindset in the ghetto because, you know, I, I like to help people in the ghetto, but was I really looking at myself, you know, or always pointing and saying this is what they need to do. And so this thought about I've got to be better. We've got to be better. We can't just allow anything to go on um, in our community. We've got to be accountable. You know, that that to me was just really a ultimate game changer. And just finally, I have to say unity. You know, the unity was just so uh, long-lasting because I think we kind of crossed over that line of, are you a Christian? Are you a Muslim? Are you this? Are you that? No, we're black people. And now Come we've on. gotten to a point now where we understand you know, we've got this common denominator. 
and um, that's yeah. the denom- you know we're black and so but that was first introduced for me I saw at the Million Man March um, because it was just a beautiful yes. showing of unity between black men poor men rich men politician men you know just the whole the whole gambit of the black community so um, yes ma'am it, it was just a beautiful beautiful miracle. And um, that those those are my uh, my sharing. It, it, you know, thank you so much because it, it gives me hope today. It gives me hope today, Sister Ava, just to remember. So I look forward to fasting inshallah tomorrow and not spending money and taking back the power that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan showed us uh, by Allah's grace. So thank you so much, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, ma'am. Walaikum salam. And you know to. To your point about, you know, what it did yesterday and today, the the beauty of being able to live to look at something from a further distance. And, of course, 25 more years pass, and most of us on this program night won't be here, but it will even be more clear, our, our sight. You know, you you can see so much more from an airplane than you can standing on the sidewalk in front of your house, okay? And it's the same thing. And, you know, when, when Allah God moves his servant uh, to carry out his will, we, because of our limited sight, measure it according to the environment we're living in. And so, you know, those of us who are in the, active in the nation at the time, we can recall that in the wake of the Million Man March, uh, as time passed, you had the criticism come up out of the black activist crowd, you know, well, where's the follow-up? Where's the follow-up? <laughs> because they were, right, Brother Terrence, because they, they were, they were, Evaluating the march within the context of America and and the perception of black people as slaves and people in a position of servitude. So we're only permitted to seek a certain level of achievement, but it has to remain within the confines of white people's perception of reality. And so we can only strive to obtain essential rights, which you automatically are entitled to just by being born. We have to fight for those because we're not viewed as human beings. And so the civil rights mentality is, you know, I just want to vote. Okay, I just want to be able to walk down the street and not yes, have to ma'am. step off the sidewalk because a white person is coming in the other direction. I want to be able to go in a department store and and buy a dress or a pair of shoes and not be told, you just have to buy it. You can't try it on. Because once right. a colored person tries the shoes on, no white person will buy it. Okay, so this was was and is on a level not comprehended in Satan's world. 
and and the the purpose of it um, was so far above the ability of us to grasp. And when when people said, "Oh, it was just it was all over," you know, we heard some speeches. We, but now, uh, and it was beautiful. But where's the follow up? What what follow up are you talking about? The the follow up is within you. See, and as the brother said in the USA Today article, we didn't come there. And this is a this is not a Muslim. He said, but we were not there to change America. This was not a protest march. This had nothing to do with white people. This was us putting white people behind us. And this was the black man saying to God, I'm atoning for certain things I permitted to happen to my family. And I'm going to acknowledge that because of you, God, I'm free now. That's right. I'm free to be a man. So this, you know, as the Quran said, for those who believe in the unseen. And then as another brother testified, it wasn't wasn't so much to hear the speeches. And one of them said it, it wasn't until Minister Farrakhan came out. And and spoke on atonement, he said, because I was wondering, what is it that we need to atone for? See, we were so disconnected from God and, and so caught up in the victim syndrome because we take white people as God. So we didn't, we didn't have a relationship with the true God. And, and that's what passed the Million Man March put black people on. Um, and as, as I'll just give you this, and we'll go to our callers, but the minister writes here, um, this year marks the 25th anniversary of the Million Man March, and I recently reread the words that Allah God gave me on October 16, 1995. And let me just stop there. He told right. me Come and Ishmael repeated tonight. He said, "That's the first. This is the first time he read what he said since he said it." Come on, come on. Okay, so put that in your in your in your book. So he goes on to say, "As a student of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I marvelled at what God gave me to give to the nearly two million black men present." on the National Mall, and to the world watching via television. This was unlike any event ever before in the United States of America or the nations of the earth, especially those countries that have been under the victimization of the satanic mind that rules this present world. No nation has assembled this number of men to make atonement to God, to others we may have offended, to reconcile differences in our families, differences in our communities, and to accept responsibility for our actions 
that have sown division, hurt, and pain among us. And I'm going to read this and stop. He gets into what the Million Man March was. For all the speculation there is about it, the man that called it said this, and he just wrote this this week. October 16th was the beginning of a process of healing. The day represented a high point in our development achieved through the guidance of God and the fellowship of men and women, brothers and sisters from many different walks of life. We came with different ideologies, religious beliefs, and political aspirations. We achieved something that set a standard on that day. It fulfilled an ideal, and it showed the value of the idea behind that day, a day never seen before or since. Religious leaders gathered in Rankin Chapel at Howard University to anoint a holy day. Not a holiday, but a holy day, where we would make it a day of absence from work and school, a day of absence from sport and play, a day of prayer and fasting, and petitioning the Creator to hear our pain. That was the purpose of the Million Man March. And so what you said, Sister Pamela, is right on it. You know, it's through the Million Man March that we all gained a really a new life because it completely transformed our comprehension of who we are and who God is. It, it, we, that was really a, a, a day, as he said, of healing. The United States has never apologized to us, has mocked our requests for reparations. This is an unrepentant government. And so we had to heal ourselves. And the only way we could do that is return to who we are, the original people of the earth. And on that day, in truth, Allah introduced his Messiah and his chosen people to the whole world. So we're going to go to the phones. And and Dr. Ava. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just before you go to the phone, just I'm glad you laid mm-hmm. that all out because it's one thing that you said that somebody asked. He said, "What nets? There, there, there need no be no nets. Just manifesting what took place was the nets. Just that that, that yes. existed and happened is the nets. And I don't think people even understand the profoundness of what happened 25 years ago because what happened 25 years ago has created the nets for the next 25 years. And so it's profound when you laid out all of that, all of that, you just got to digest that before you can even, quote, unquote, talk about what's next. 
because no one else could even <laughs> produce what they saw to even go to. They just mad because, like, oh, Yo, you got two million now. What's next? What you mean? What's next? You call two million. Let's see what's next. You call men on a Monday and see what's next. You call people to atone on a Monday to take off and see what's next. You have people ride their bicycles from Philly and see what's next, or walk from Philly, or walk from wherever they went, or just jump on the train, the people on the train, and say, just come. You produce that, and then we can talk about what's next. Because we didn't even talk about who went into whatever organizations after that was next. We didn't talk about the adoptions that went next. We didn't talk about the largest or one of the largest voters turnout, which is next. So the minister is still collecting on what's next 25 years later. (laughs) This is the next. Yes. We couldn't see that. From from the cotton field to the steps of the Capitol to the mall, and and to your point about how people came, one of the uh, witnesses that they interview in this current today's edition of USA Today is a brother, and and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly. This is a black man, uh, Kokavi. I think it's Nasakahiri. But he was, back then, he was 21 years old. He was a college student from Anchorage, Alaska. He and 15 other Alaskans traveled 4,000 miles to attend the Million Man March. And to this day, he's a community organizer for social justice, and when the protesters came out in in Portland, Oregon, over the murder of George Floyd, he was there, and he said that he did not just show up um, at the Million Man March. He had never at that point been to a demonstration, but he was steeped in black politics. His father was an NAACP official in Alaska, presided over the Kwanzaa and Juneteenth celebrations, and guess what? He brought a speaker by the name of Minister Louis Farrakhan, to Anchorage, Alaska. Mm. So Mm-mm-mm. he, uh, the reason his name is Osaka Harry is because he dropped his birth name and adopted that name, which is Swahili, and it means summon the people, old messenger, because God is on his way. That's right. That's one of nearly two million. That's his that's his testimony. So yeah, this you're right, Brother Terrence, that was the next. And it goes back to the minister's statement one time. <laughs> Some of us will be in the hereafter and won't even know it. <laughs> so we're gonna go to the phones. And we're going to start with the inimitable 
Sister Ula. Happy holy day. Put a little humor up in here, you know. Yeah, um, well, you did. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Oh, sister, I cannot thank Allah enough for elevated places. And uh, you really put your foot on that lecture the other day. Uh, you hear echo in the background. I don't know if somebody got a phone on or something. You know? I do, too. I do hear something. Yeah, it's an echo. But it's not going to stop me from talking because I want to share this with you. I try to find it. Okay. Yes, ma'am. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, in our first, in the first resurrection, we were taught in MGT class that uh, that being true had everything in it that our bodies needed. And I'll say now, if Allah could look 150,000 years back and, and tell you day by day whatever happened, I'm sure he could look 90 years ahead when he gave us that being soup. <laughs> I talked with some, a bill collector today, a, a sister, and encouraged her to get her being soup and to, you know, to follow the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you know. She was all for yeah. it, you know, all praise to Allah. I'm going to be talking to a bill collector in the Philippines. Or in uh, in Japan, and I I'm running on them, you know. I tell them I say, listen to noi.org. <laughs> that is awesome. And, no, that's all praise that's to right. Allah. Fish, yeah, we got a, That's the word. Well, that's right. A brother and me got in a conversation today about fishing. He said uh, in the Bible when Jesus was uh, 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 fishing, you know how they said about the how did he say about the fish and the baskets of bread. Leftover, I, I said then, I said that when we bring a lost crown in, we're fishing. We brought in a fish. I said everything exactly. in that Bible, if you understand the, what's going on today, this day and time, you can understand that Bible. I want to encourage everybody to listen to you tomorrow night and to get, the, get in those studies because the more I study, even though I'm in school, the more I study, the the more uh, my life improves. The more I think a different way, you know, yes, rising above yes. emotion into the thinking of God. I'm That's not going exactly right. Oh yes, ma'am. I wanted yeah. to say this. Love you, Sister Ava. Love you, <laughs> beloved, and thank you for that wisdom. <laughs> All right, Assalamualaikum. And we're going to go right down the line. And, of course, Brother Terrence, Sister um, Pamela, you can weigh in at any time. I think we lost Brother Reuben. Brother Daryl, assalamualaikum. Happy Holy Day of Atonement. Same to you, beloved. Uh, all praise due to Allah for your show and to Brother Reuben. Hopefully he's still on because I had a question about the Uh that he said that we uh, a while back that a thousand people would be tested throughout the nation or our people, and how soon would that be available to us? 
Uh, my question is, uh, shout out go out to Sister Barbara Rose, uh, Congress uh, woman at the time of the Million Man March. Um, she was in office at that time doing the Million Man March, and I was given to a friend of the family a, a brand new RV at that time, and she said, load it up and take many men as you can there. And uh, she was mentioning, matter of fact, she said she didn't get a chance to meet you, and she's still looking forward to meet you when you, uh, you did our ceremony for our wedding on her property. And uh, she didn't get a chance to meet you. And uh, she often talks about the hope she's listening now. But at that time, she said she caught hell when she was in Congress, her and another sister, because they spoke highly of the minister at that time of the Million Man March. And every hour, one hour, she was sitting, she was patronizing a black uh, restaurant there. And she, every hour, she was sending out 300 sandwiches and everything to the brothers. She said she was so joyful to see that many black men come in. And you know how you look over the horizon and see like a heat wave. And like Brother Terrence said, it was a million in by 10 o'clock. And at the time for the sunrise, Shake the Johnny uh, was doing the prayer. It was just beautiful, brothers, putting out their... Uh, um, prayer rug and have a prayer and all of that. Um, and at that time, the minister, when he did call the million, he said he couldn't take the word back, so he went and got busy. Started traveling on the world tour, getting everybody together. He said, we're not going to pay your way. You have to pay your own way. We all came on the lane camp. But at that time, Mayor sure. Barry was set up. On a Monday. Yes, and when he set, the Mayor Barry was set up, the minister uh, through the grace of Allah, got him reelected again. And he came, came back in and uh, did another four years. And at that time, uh, Brother uh, Ralph Suhair came into Detroit, and the minister sent him there. And at that time, we was having trouble with Cobo Hall. Uh, at that time, uh, may Allah be pleased with uh, um, Mayor Coleman Young. He did 20 years as mayor, and he, uh, we all went down, me and the FOI, we went down to the office with uh, Mayor Coleman Young, and he said, I talked to your father. He said, I remember him when he was selling <laughs> he was selling a silk. And Ralph said, no, sir, that wasn't my father. That was Allah in person, a master for our Muhammad. So these teachings go back to so much valuable, valuable uh, 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 lineage in this teachings, how far it goes back in the teachings. And the minister was so humbled that day. And I, I never forget the brothers was all up in the tree and everything, and they just got tired of hearing everybody. The word went out all over the mall, Farrakhan, Farrakhan, Farrakhan. And the minister was so humble, and when he came out and spoke, it, I'm telling, it was just so beautiful. And it was when they was taking money up, the brothers, so much money coming in, and the love, they was balling it up like snowballs, and the brother. Got a bag. He was in a suit, but we didn't know. Man, at that time, me and my brother was in our uniform, so we went and escorted. And he said, "Oh no, no, no! I'm with the nation." He gave his name and everything, and, and he said, "There's so much money, and the boxes wasn't getting around fast enough." When we got him and escorted him back, that bag was half full. So the minister done his job. There's no repeat. Everything is right now. And tomorrow, when they show, and I, if you could uh, put that on the air. So those baby boomers that wasn't born will be able to see a miracle tomorrow all over again. May Allah bless you. I love you. And stay safe. All praise be to Allah. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Brother Daryl. Okay. Yeah, this this testimony is awesome. Okay, we have we're gonna we're gonna go straight down the line. We have Brother Rockman who has a comment. Assalamualaikum, Brother Rockman. Waalaikumsalam. Happy World Day of Atonement. Holy Day of Atonement. I just want to say that Thank I was a man in my I'll never forget October 16th because that's my anniversary of my birth, October 16th. Oh, my goodness. So tomorrow, all right, so tomorrow I'll be 76 years old, feeling like I'm 30. But Come on. I, say this, I, I like to turn it up. Uh, I was walking about three or four weeks ago, and so I was on my phone, and the minister came up, and the pledge of the Million Man March came up. And I'm listening to the players as I'm walking. So my mind is reflecting on the Million Man March and what the minister was saying at that march in that pledge. So I was repeating it myself. And so I was saying to myself, you know, that our minds is constantly being fed day and night, day and night. So a lot of things that we know, it be pushed to the side or back to a certain part of our mind. So but we have to... Keep the truth and the word of Almighty God right at the forefront of our consciousness and definitely in our subconscious. So as I heard that pledge, I said, we need to take that pledge every day because there's so much that comes in our life that takes us away and just, you know, weakens, not really weakens, but kind of overshadows what we really need to be doing, what we really need to be focused on. Because when the nation of Islam fell on the war of the Muhammad, I had been selling uh, the minister's tapes and the messenger's tapes. And I'm listening to them every day. So when the imam came into office, I'm listening to him, but I'm listening to the messenger and the minister. I said, well, now this doesn't coincide with what the minister is teaching and what the, me- the messenger had been teaching all these years. And so I was just saying that to say, I am recommending, suggesting, that we take that bow and that pledge as often as we can to keep that at the forefront of our mind and then act on it. Thank you for taking my call, sister. Keep up the good work, and Allah bless you. That's beautiful, brother. Oh, my goodness. All praise due to Allah. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. That's right. All right, we are going to go next to our young brother is back with us tonight. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got him. Brother Kareem, happy Holy Day of Atonement. Well, like I'm so long, happy holiday, Holy Day of Atonement to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say that um, I really am um, impacted by the work that was done by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and Mm -hmm. I can't thank enough for his dedication to the Nation of Islam. As-salamu alaykum. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. He said, That's it. 
I'm just going to drop the mic. I just dropped in just to say I can't thank a lot enough. Man, <sighs> you know how profound that is, Dr. Ava? Do you know how profound that is? I'm trying to wrap, it, I'm it, trying it, to wrap my mind around that. It's so profound. As short as it was, the oh, shortest no. chapter in the Bible, Jesus wept. But what he did was, wow. I ain't got to say nothing. nothing else. All I got to say, thank God. Thank God for the honorable minister. And that says it all. We just got to thank God. Just take a moment out of your day. Take a moment. Oh, wow. we, we we make prayer five times a day. So take a moment just to thank God. Just to thank God. He just came on the show. He ain't have a lot to say. He ain't have a lot to drop. He can teach well. He can teach real good. But he said, I ain't got much to say. All I want to do is thank God. <laughs> Man, you done oh, made me want to go yeah. shout somewhere. Good God. Because that's, that, that, that's yeah, all we got to say. That's all we're doing here. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm. Speechless here. Well, I'm going to take one moment and go back to this article uh, by Please the minister. Um, and and don't let me forget, Brother Terrence, you, we gotta, and you and Sister Pamela, we got to go through these eight steps of atonement, of atonement. tonight, Yes, too. ma'am. Yes. Um, Read them and go through them. <laughs> that's, that's right. The other thing the minister writes, he said, men at the mark took a pledge to be better fathers, better men, community, and world builders, respecters and protectors of their women and children, and nonviolent with one another except in self-defense. We registered people to vote. Now, listen to this. Studies found an additional 1.7 million black men participated in the 1996 national elections and decided the outcome of that election. Come on. They were motivated and inspired by the Million Man March. Black organizations, churches, mosques, synagogues, increased membership. And I, and I, I, I got to stop. You're, Brother Terrence, the churches were dying. Come on. T- okay. They, anybody can go back and pull the data and study. The churches were becoming ghost towns. And you talk about a, a shot. Uh, uh, in injection of sunshine, vitamin C, the church has exploded. Why? Because the minister didn't say to them, "Well, come to the mosque and come follow me." He did me. not. Come on. He did not. Who? Who could? What manner of man? Who could have resisted occupying that position of power in that moment? Come on. You know, I shudder to think of what some people would have called on the black men in that mall to do. You you know, you don't have a standing army in any nation in the world of two million men. That's right. And none of these were drafted. Not were not only were they not drafted or forced to come, it's what you said earlier. They were told you have to pay your own way. 
Not only do you, mm. not only if you have a job, or you gonna have to take that Monday off. And you know, Monday is the worst day on any job that you mm. can take off That's right. because it follows mm. the weekend. So you're automatically suspect. When you take off Monday, <laughs> you're already so you party too much for the weekend. Already, Come on, right? Exactly. You can't you get that day off. You have an extended weekend. You're trying to re- so look at what the God did. You know, Monday, you got to take off Monday, and you got to get here the best way you can. We're and oh, and we're not doing hotels. That that's the other thing. The, the men didn't come in there and, and spend a week partying. No. Nope. You know, for the Super Bowl, everybody gets there a week ahead, and they party every night or for the awards or the World Series, whatever. No. My brother-in-law, um, who was at that time an executive with American Airlines, he got on a bus and they rode all night to get to Washington, spent the entire day at the march, got on the bus when it was over, and went back home to Columbus, Ohio. I mean, this thing was serious. It, it was no joke. So every man that you saw standing out there was there because they wanted to be there. Literally. Many of them sacrificed literally to be there. But he said real quick, he said, uh, I just, oh, the, the vote. He, he said, um, I was asked by the bishop of the AME church whether I was going to proselytize my faith. I gave the bishop my word that every church would benefit, every mosque would benefit, every organization would benefit. SCLC had to hire staff because of the increased number of people who joined after that. Come on. SCLC, NAACP, National Urban League, All African People's Revolutionary Party, the Nation of Islam, World Community of Al-Islam under Imam Warf D. Muhammad, and other groups all benefit. I thank Allah God for the medical students and doctors from Howard University Hospital who came out under the direction of Dr. Abdul Aleem Muhammad and attended to those who needed assistance. And though it was a gathering of men, never has an event taken place that honored women as women were honored on the day of the Million Man March. The woman who was the mother of the march, Dr. Dorothy Hyde. Dorothy Hyde. Come on, come on. A legendary leader in the civil rights struggle. And I have to stop. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Come on, come on. I was, I was there with the minister. I'm telling you. When he first announced this march, these male leaders of a lot of these civil rights organizations and the churches and all, all the politicians, they, they were afraid. That's it scared right. them. Farrakhan, you calling a million black men to gather 
Because it's in our DNA from slavery that you don't, they have a fit if three of us start talking. And there was no response from outside organizations until Dr. Dorothy Height, the president of the National Council of Negro Women, stood up and endorse the Million Man March. Come on. And that's what opened the floodgates. Because how do you look cowering in the corner when a woman has stood up? And Brother uh, reminded us this evening, Brother Terrence, on the Zoom conference, I forgot which one said it, uh, that Dr. Dorothy Hyde, he said, she ad- attended every march we ever had, black folks. Now listen to this. Going back to the Honorable Marcus Mosea Garvey. Oof. She was a typist in the office of the Honorable Marcus Garvey, the United Negro Improvement Association, at the age of 16. Are you listening, everyone? That's, that's, mm. <laughs> Her leg is, come on, come on. Now, is that, for, I just realized I had Mr. Pamela yeah. uh, muted. I was wondering where yeah. she was. But, <laughs> yeah. um, that's beautiful. But, but do you yes, understand? <laughs> but Doctor Doctor Ava and and the fact that she went along and endorsed something that no one she could not. Mm, I can't even <laughs> say that she could not have seen. I don't know if she saw a vision of what maybe she might have had in her mind or what the outcome would have been. But the fact that you said she did it. You know, to be that vessel that, like you said, it opened the floodgate of support. Mm-hmm. And, and even with, we talk mm-hmm. about Dr. Height and all of the stuff around Malcolm and then knowing what happened with the Apollo Theater, as Brother Ishmael pointed out last night, that it was the Apollo Theater that happened with Betty Shabazz before she came yes. to the Million Man March. But she was there with the minister. You know, and so these are significant women that supported the Million Man March, that was there at the Million Man March. And I don't even have to go through the list of artists that were there, and we already know, secretly somewhere in the corner, there was this little black boy, there was this little black boy that was there at this march that later he was somewhere in the crowd at a march when later... Oh my God. In 2008, or really, Uh-oh. 2000, well, 2008, matter of fact, and 2012 will be the president of these United States. So I, I just got to rest that right there. You know what I'm saying? But it's so but yeah, much. Let's process that, right. That's just Barack what went through your Obama. mind. And did he put something in a book? Did he talk about that? That's right. About him yes, he being? Did. He had a bear witness to the Million Man March. That's right. 
And he said what he kept thinking, listening to the minister is, then let's do something. And he went out and he did something. He did something. (laughs) (laughs) So to those people who, like you said, that asked what's next, what's next? Obama. What's next is the first black president of the United States. How about that? Because listen to what you just said and point out, Dr. Ava. Let's, cause he said, go do some West. Oh my God! I mean, and he went and did something. Those instructions came to him at the Million Man March. I don't. I don't. Sometimes I don't really think we understand and know what we saw when when we read this paper. Those are not just mere words on that final call. A glimpse of heaven. Those are not mere words. There was a psychological oh, test, I think, with Dick Gregory and some other folks that went around stepping on people's feet. And the people's foot that got stepped on <laughs> apologized to the stepper. <laughs> like, I'm going to step on your foot, and you're going to apologize to me. Your foot got like, stepped oh, on, you apologize. I- I'm sorry, my that's foot so, that, was there. Oh. That was the love. Ooh. We saw, and we don't know if it was 1.8 or not, Dr. Ava, because there was men sitting down that you couldn't see. It was like a shift. We sit down, we stand up. There were so many because it was no, so packed. True. And it spread out. Because this picture is just a straight shot. But if you get a wider yeah, shot, you see what spread. That, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. spread. There's it nothing like that burst captures through the scene. everybody. That's right. There's and, and, nothing and, 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 that and, and, captures everyone. And we all, we all. I had a professor who was already in his 60s or 70s. He stayed for the whole 10 hours and stood. Jesus. Okay, let me stop. And, and you know, if I could, I wanted to say about Sister uh, Mm. Dorothy Height. And, you know, of course, I don't know personally what motivated her, but one of the things I like about her is that she represented that integrity of, I'm not going to let other people pick who I support. You can't pick my friends. You know, this this mindset that we right. see now in these mainstream politicians or whatever, this whole, well, if I can't be friends with because I might lose, you know, and, and can you be yourself? Be an individual. Think for yourself and stand with integrity. So that that's one thing I, I really did appreciate about her, and I, and I think that's a model that we need to, to, to really commend, um, you know, in, our, in, other, in other people who may be outside of the nation. But like you say, Sister Ava, we're all part of the, the nation. So, you know, I, we're I, all sure the 40 to 60 that. million descendants. Yes, of kidnapped slaves. That's right. But you're right. That's a statement. You're not going to tell me who I can be with, who I can support. And here's, I mean, can you imagine the nerve to be with Marcus Garvey in the 1920s? Crazy. Come on. Also... Mrs. Rosa Parks. Park, yes. Mm. Good point. Yes, These man. are legends. They're no longer with us, but they were there. I mean, this is almost like a, a movie or something. You know those movies where they bring together the, the, the figures from history 
and they all, but someone is imagining it. This was real, though it it seemed imaginary. And as you said, Brother Tess, Dr. Betty Shabazz, and see, let us not forget the the behind-the-scenes work, if I must say. Brother Arif Muhammad, Sister Barbara Muhammad in Atlanta, myself, in March of 94, we went to court. When the New York Post started their defamation campaign on the minister being the murderer of Malcolm X and using the words of Dr. Betty Shabazz, twisting them, taking sentences and moving periods and leaving words out and adding words, that could have led to bloodshed. That could have derailed the march, and that's what it was designed to do. Come on. The minister sent me and Arif to New York City. The article came out on the front page of the New York Post. Brother Jabril Muhammad caught it on a Saturday night in March of 94. I got a call to come to the uh, National House. We went to New York. The minister said, I want a lawsuit filed no later than Tuesday. Defamation. It takes an average of six to nine months to prepare a defamation action. (laughs) We had no money. We had no budget. We had nothing. We filed that suit that Tuesday. Come on. The press was everywhere. And and he said to us, do not sue Betty Shabazz. That's right. Because this is not her fault. We sued that newspaper. We sued the columnist. The first question from the press, we dropped a suit for $4.4 billion. Yes. From the lessons, from the Supreme Wisdom lessons. And the first thing this white female reported, she stuck a mic in my face and said, why didn't you sue Betty Shabazz? I said, because she did no wrong. You did. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. After that, they tried to use Malcolm's daughter, Kabila, and set her up and make it look like she was trying to assassinate Minister Farrakhan, Minister had me do another press conference in Chicago. Mm. What what does the nation think about in the minister that she's trying to kill you all? We think you're full of it. We don't believe you. Right. That's right. (laughs) That's right, teach. As a result, of the protection of her child. That's why Dr. Betty Shabazz joined the minister at the Apollo Theater in 95 before the march. And she attended along with her daughter, Ilyasa. Our late sister, Dr. Maya Angelou, a legend. That's right. Core Masters Barry, a legend. 
Mother Khadijah Farrakhan, a legend. Mother Tynetta Muhammad, a legend. Yes, Mrs. Jesse Jackson, Reverend Barbara Skinner, C. Dolores Tucker. Come on. Queen Mother Moore. Carol Mosley Braun. Cardis Collins, Barbara Rose Collins. That's just a partial list. Wow, okay. In June of 1994, see, we talk about the men only. And as Karen said at the outset, the minister went coast to coast, speaking to 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 30,000 in Houston, Texas. That's right. Yes. That's right. The march didn't, it was nothing spooky. He planted these seeds, speaking to, and those thousands of men. That's right. Impacted by this. And then the the attacks on the minister actually uh, gave momentum to the march until the Chicago Tribune, which is in the final call, that copy, uh, 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 picture of it when the Chicago Tribune says stop it y'all are enabling this man mm. <laughs> yes ma'am Come on. but Atlanta Georgia June 25th of 94 the minister talked to 15,000 black women at a women's only meeting to break down to the women he had mother Tynetta and myself speak mm. yes, to ma'am. explain to the black woman what this is about Hmm. Yeah. So if the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said If I had 10 like him I would take the country Come on And we see in this All the way up to the criterion To the message he gives to his followers That's the other thing I don't care where he goes I don't care how well he's received internationally, how many awards are bestowed upon him, gifts given, he always comes home. That's right. That's beautiful. After the Million Man March, he came back to the final call, came back to Mosque Mariam, came back to visit the mosque of the Nation of Islam, sit down with the laborers. (laughs) Such love. That's such love. It's, isn't that amazing? It is. That's the, that's the, that's love. That's love. And, and Sister so Ava, if anyway, I could say, yes, ma'am, go right ahead. You know, and it, I just will always remember the impact that I saw uh, made on the youth and our perception of the youth. It just oh. reminds me so much of the Jesus um, that he is because he turned the the children the perception he told us you know they're important he just raised who they were and loved them and you know because of that death plot that was against the black youth the minister single-handedly from from what i saw you know stopped all that negative propaganda and and told black people you need to atone for what you've done to these children <laughs> cuz whatever they are it's our responsibility. It's your responsibility. And so I just will forever thank Allah 
uh, for for giving me that ability to see him do that work, and I thank a lot for him um, doing that work and saving our youth. Yes, ma'am. You know, I'm glad you said that, Sister Pamela, because he also said somewhere else in this in reflections, and that's why everybody's got to read it uh, themselves. But the primary, oh, here it is. He said, and I remember sitting with him in the breakfast room in the National House when he got a call from Minister uh, Don Muhammad in uh, Boston about Tiananmen Square when that tank rolled over that young Chinese youth. Oh, yeah. And it was that image. Um, that inspired him to say, you know what I want to do? I, he saw that this was about to happen here. And you remember in the early 90s, remember, okay, the crack epidemic of the 80s. Oh, yes, ma'am. And we were still in the throes of it going into the 90s. And you remember right. the in the late 80s, you had, Public enemy. You had you had conscious rap. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You had I think in eighty nine uh, the movie Spike Lee made. Uh, can't think of the title. Do the right thing. And they, it's, it's, <laughs> do the right thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That type of cultural message. Yes, so ma'am. they start coming out with movies like uh, Menace to Society. Right. And, yes, ma'am. And, Juice, and all of the gang banging and drugs. And we were, and, and of course, the, you know, during this time, um, the all of these, this was going into the time when the laws were being passed that would ultimately result and hundreds of thousands of black people going to prison, being incarcerated. See, remember, it goes back to the war on drugs with Reagan. Yes, ma'am. Which That's was right. not a war on drugs, it was a war on black people. Black people. That's okay. Right. How do you go to war with a drug? I mean, we, we, you know, we just need to stop it. But Come on. the minister, yes, he says here, in, in this same article that he just wrote, He said, I was motivated by concern about movies that had portrayed black youth in a very savage state throughout the cinemas of the world so that if and when government attacks came against us or a genocidal plot was unleashed, no one would care. We That's were being right. cast as the Achilles heel of a great nation. I wanted to do something to show black youth were not what Hollywood said we were. God That's blessed right. us to show black America was not what we had been made out to be on the silver screen. Okay? So he... They had to resort to other measures. And we can never calculate 
the unseen forces that have been held back during the ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because of his obedience to his teacher, the Honorable right. Elijah Muhammad. That's beautiful. 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 The turn is doing the express will of Allah. But I, I thank you, sister, for reminding us. That was what was at I'm the core to of, of the timing of it. Because the messenger had said back in 63, I want to I wanna do this. I want us to march, but I want a real one. Okay, and 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 we don't we don't protest in the in that sense. So, like the young brother said, now he knew it. He realized it. it's not a Muslim. He realized that he said we didn't go there to change America. We went there to change ourselves, and and that's what atonement does. And and we're down to ooh, we're like. 18 minutes, so I got. Well, let me let me take a couple more calls. Let me get in because we got to do these eight steps. Uh, our dear brother down in Memphis, brother Hoyle. Assalamu alaikum. There he is, uh, a great, great fisherman. <laughs> well, like well, so uh, well, uh, praise be to Allah. Uh, I, oh, Sister Pamela took my thunder, you know, black. People were <laughs> under death threat, Sister Ava. Oh, praise due to a lot. I mean, and that you, you hit well, you hit that nail right on the head. You know, boys in the hood, and all these things were was such a negative press on black men. But one, um, I never forget. You know, you know the lies that were told. It was only a hundred thousand. I saw that in the paper. We passed by. I think it was on the way out. The brothers, <laughs> a navy. Uh, i never forget my brother Mark, brother Shahi, God, uh, be pleased with him. Uh, we passed a Navy uh, pilot on the way out in the traffic, and and we saw this uniform. We said, we said I'm, I'm a pilot. And he said, I said, well, how, how many did you uh, see? I said, well, he said over two million. You know, he just told it. This was right before anything was in the press. Uh, this is right from the horse's mouth. But, Sister, I want to read this. This is so powerful. This is from the actual march, what the minister said. And this is uh, so powerful today. He said, all of us who are preachers, we must not shrink from the responsibility of pointing out the wrong so that we can be comfortable and keep white people comfortable in their alienation from God. And listen to this. He said, white folks are having heart attacks today because their world is coming down. Now listen, this is a, now this is what really got me. It says, if you look at the Asians, the Asians have the fastest growing eco, eco, economies in the world. He's, now this, and then it says the Asians are not bashing white people. He just relocates the top bank, relo, re, relocates the top banks from Wall Street to Tokyo. He doesn't say I'm better than the white man. He just starts building his world and building his economy and challenging. White supremacy. And I listened last night on the Wednesday night lecture. He gave us the answers uh, in the 10 10 atonement. Separate. Boycott. Come on, brother. I mean, I was listening to it. Separate and boycott. I mean, I just listened to it, the Wednesday night lecture, and I, I got into it. And I said, He gave us the answer right there. And, and uh, all we got to do is move out. But number one is separation. And Sister Ava, you the 
you're the point person on that, and you're doing a damn excellent job on that. And we, we, we're going to be, inshallah, we're going to be, God is going to make us successful on that. Because if you don't want to separate now with all of this madness that's going on, uh, Trump just had a town hall meeting today. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, <laughs> it was just, I'm just looking at this and all of his phony coronavirus uh, antics and whatnot. But this country is falling fast. I mean, he's doing his job. He's taking this rocket ship to hell. So, black people, you just got to get off that leg. And then about uh, one more thing, uh, let somebody else talk about Ice Cube. They're bashing Ice Cube. He said he went to the Democratic Party. And he said they didn't even, uh, he said they'll get back to him after the election. But Trump offered to listen to this, uh, what is the black uh, program he had, uh, you know, to the initiative that he wanted to propose. But, uh, you know, like I say, hands off for Ice Cube. And, uh, but like we said, we, we, you know, we in the nation, we know politics is not going to get it. Separation is the number one thing. So I'm, hey, separation 100, sister. (laughs) We'll let somebody talk. (laughs) Assalamu alaikum, family. <laughs> and what he said about the uh, the Asians is so true. You know, they don't care who the president is. Nope. They don't care who's in Congress because they they have they focus on their agenda. Period. See that that's. Uh, exactly. I think that's another powerful lesson that the Million Man March taught a nation. First of all, it showed us that we are a nation. We 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 are a unique people, and we're an we're identifiable as a nation. Uh, up until then, we were individuals, and then sometimes small gatherings here and there. But the the Caucasian had been quite successful in you know making us live the life, not even a life of a, in a jungle, but life in a desert. Because desert life, you don't see the life forms in clusters. It's it's just everybody is every man for himself. And you sit and look at the desert, you might see a spider, his head come up. And then he'll go back in the ground. Or you'll see a, a snake by itself. You know, but you, you don't see family. You don't see unity in the desert. It, 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 the, the, the survival effort is so overpowering that all of your resources have to be put into staying alive. So there's no such thing as you sharing with with anybody, okay? So you just don't see families. You don't see uh, life forms that grow families in the desert. You just don't see that. But that had, had been our life in America. And this showed us in a way we couldn't have fathomed the the power of the God to bring us together in in the land where we were held captive. But very very quickly, because we're down to about 10 minutes, um, and you all weigh in on this, but 
this is very important, and we're going to go into this a little bit deep, more deep in study group tomorrow. Because I'm telling you, this we this has to become real in our lives. We have That's sort right. of wandered away from this. But there's no such thing as a nation if we don't learn how to maintain healthy relationships with each other. Everybody's not going to be your BFF, best friend forever. Nope. But it's the ability that Minister Farrakhan has manifested to see God in everyone, to see him. And then when you see the God in your brother or sister, that's who you that's who you communicate with. That's right. That one. Don't communicate with, with the world that's that's Ava. Communicate with the God that's somewhere in me. Find it. Seek it out. If you don't see it immediately. Look Come on. for it. Okay? And so he said here. The day, and this is from this is from toward a perfect union. The speech he gave in the mall. The day of atonement is established by God to help us achieve a closer tie with the source of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and power. For it is only through a closer union or tie with Him who created us all, with Him who has power over all things, that we can draw power, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from him that we may be enabled to change the realities of our life. A perfect union with God is the idea at the base of atonement. So what what the steps of atonement do is make a perfect union with God for each of us, which enables us to have a union with God as a nation. Hmm. Atonement demands of us eight steps. In fact, atonement is the fifth step in an eight-stage process. The first stage is the most difficult of all. Because when we are wrong and not aware of it, someone has to point out the wrong. The most difficult thing is when somebody points it out, how do we accept it? Do we reject it? Do we hate the person who pointed out the wrong? And and I'll, I'll just stop with you and the other seven I'll just list because that's what self-improvement is all about. It, it it opens up our mind and helps us evolve into the ability to accept criticism. The minister said no one likes to be criticized. So don't sit here and say it doesn't bother me. Because see, we, we see, we can't solve a problem if we don't admit there is one. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you outright, I, I don't like being criticized. Who does? Come on. The, the God of self makes you feel that you and I are above criticism. 
The I within. That's what we have to put in check. And, and until we allow other people to tell us how we look to others, how we sound to others, because our eyes don't look in, they look out. So you can't see yourself except through an advanced level of a of a advanced perception of reality because we can't physically see ourselves except in a mirror, and that shows us ourselves in reverse. Okay. Yes, so the steps of atonement, number one, point out the wrong. Okay? Point it out. We have to point it out. See, we can't go around nursing uh, an attitude with people, harboring dislike. We we have to go to the person, and 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 because atonement takes takes it's a two way street. The wrong has to be pointed out, then the other person has to acknowledge it. Nobody, he doesn't say we gotta like it. No, we don't like it. I don't like saying, "Oh, I was wrong. I messed that up." Yet to point out the wrong, the person has to acknowledge the wrong, confess the fault. Number four, repent. Number five, atone, which means to make up for it. Uh-huh. Number six, the person who the wrong was against has to forgive. See, we, we got work on both sides of this. We have to acknowledge when we do somebody wrong, but when somebody wrongs us, we got to learn to forgive. Come on. And not and not hold a grudge for the rest of our life. Seven, reconcile and restore. And eight is where you obtain a perfect union with God. Okay. So and, this, and this is hard. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. Yep. Yes, ma'am. And, and so productive. And imagine the imagine because see we're talking about separating and going into a territory of our own. So what what is it going to be like? That's that's what all of these kinds of things are preparing us for. That's right. Be, because what makes heaven heaven is this the only difference between the 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 ghetto so-called ghetto the colonies where everything looks horrific it's 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 a manifestation of what we think of ourselves we don't think anything of ourselves and all we know how to do is say, well, white people won't won't help us. They, you know, won't you give me a job? Give me a, a give me a program. No, it's the other way around. You're the original owner of this planet, and it's when our mind gets clear of the grudges 
that we harbor toward each other, then we will be able to think creatively. That's right. And we will transform our community in the twinkling of an eye. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And he says, what is atonement? See, this, this, and this is why we'll never get reparations willingly from America, okay? Atonement, which is stage five of the atonement process, means satisfaction or reparation for a wrong or injury. It means to make amends. It means expiation, compensation, recompense, made or done for an injury or wrong. Atonement means we must be willing to do something in expiation of our sins. We can't just have, now he's saying this in the mall on October 16, 1995. He's saying this. He said, we can't just have a good time today. And say we made history in Washington. We've got to resolve today that we're going back home to do something about what's going on in our lives and in our families and in our communities. That's what stuck with Barack Obama. That's right. That's right. The minister said, if we make atonement, it leads to six, the sixth stage, which is forgiveness. Many of us want forgiveness, but we don't want to go through the process that leads to it. We forgive from our lips, but we have never pardoned in the heart, so the injury still remains. God is always ready to forgive us for our failures. Forgiveness means to grant pardon for an offense or sin. It is to absolve, clear, exonerate, and liberate. We are not liberated from the evil effect of our own sin until we can ask God for forgiveness and then forgive others. And then he went on to talk about the seventh stage the the bomb in Gilead. I mean, this this man is just exquisite. He's just yes, Lord, yes, absolutely. Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just beautiful. Mm, yes, and we all and we, I, and I really, we right at that time. Yeah, right. We're we're there. You know, if, if you've noticed, and I and then we got to stop and give our close out to everybody because it's down to almost down to a minute. But if you look at the guides, how they're lining up with the events. Now this, this lines up with what we have to do. But That's right. back to your point real quick, Brother Terrence, about people saying what's next. He told them that day. Yep. And many people did it. You know, with all this wrong, and there's plenty wrong with us, we have have come an incredibly long way from 1555. That's right. So let's give God and ourselves a little bit of credit, okay? Just a Hallelujah. Bit. That's but, right. Yeah, okay, you're right. So 
So look, let's get let's get. I want to thank Brother uh, Terrence, my co-host. I want to thank Brother Ruben Muhammad, international correspondent, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, our legal contributor, our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, uh, Sister Mariam, who was unable to be with us tonight. Inshallah, I'll be back next week. And, of course, our wonderful listeners, our callers, those who have logged in on uh blogtalkradio.com forward slash elevated places. I hope to see uh, you on Zoom tomorrow evening at NOI.org. We'll have the opening words. And then go check your email um, if you're in the nation. And even if you're not, if you signed up at study.noi.org, we'll put you on our list because this is not for Muslims only. May Allah bless us all with love and the light of understanding. Happy Holy Day of Atonement. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Wa alaykum salam. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar.